Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. Sleep is everything. I saw this TikTok the other day where a mom was telling the world how once you have kids, you never sleep well again. She described that beautiful sleep you once had where you didn't worry about anything. And then you have kids and everything changes forever. I laughed and then I kind of teared up a bit because why is it so true? Right now, with school-age kids, it's the struggle of getting them to go to bed on time. But I can only imagine, as they enter teenhood, I'll be wondering if they're actually sleeping once the door closes. Are they even home, you know? But what about you? How's your sleep these days? In all seriousness, sleep hasn't been great for me these last 18 months. There's been so much going on in the world, and my brain has a really tricky time to relax. I'm at a point where I really need to revisit my nighttime routine. How am I winding down at the end of the day? Is it helping or harming my sleep? What about you? Do you play with your phone before bed? Are you watching TV in bed? Are any of us getting enough sleep? Today, I want to introduce you to Alana McGinn. She's the founder and certified sleep expert of Goodnight Sleep Site, a global sleep consulting practice. She's also the host of This Girl Loves Sleep podcast and has established the worldwide brand of Goodnight Sleep Site as being a number one sleep resource for families. Their goal is to help you overcome your sleep challenges and have well-rested smiles in the morning. With her help, we'll learn a few tips on how to prepare our children for back to school, which is right around the corner, and we'll answer the question, when do we start that earlier bedtime routine? What about wake-up times? Later in the episode, Dean and I share about a few supernatural experiences we've had while sleeping in hotels. Have you ever experienced or heard of sleep paralysis? Then, don't forget to stick around for this week's favorites, a store I can't stay away from, a tool all foodies need in the kitchen, and something I've recently brought back into my life that is helping me connect with my kids while sitting on the sofa. Welcome to the podcast, Alana. Thanks for having me, Amanda. One of my favorite people talking about one of my favorite things. I mean, who doesn't love sleep, right? Yes, we all do. We all do. And, you know, I feel like in the last year, a lot of us have dealt with a lot of things. I think it's a very small percentage of people whose lives have remained the same. You know, tell me about some of the sleep issues you've seen pop up as a result of this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, during, you know, throughout COVID, definitely our sleep has taken a hit across the board, like all ages. I mean, we're seeing it as young as, you know, our little kids up to adults for sure. Um, you know, with our little, I mean, to be honest, the reasons I think are, are the same. Um, you know, we see an inconsistency in routine for sure. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic routines just kind of flew out the window. I think they're better now. People are starting to kind of get, you know, get their bearings and find uh, the new routine for the new normal, I guess we can say. Um, But finding that new routine was tough. So we're seeing a lot of later bedtimes, more sleep bins, just inconsistencies in sleep patterns, which can affect our sleep overall, both for ourselves and for our kids. Um, And environment was a big one. Environment, because now, you know, we're home more. So, you know, we're working from home. Uh, Our kids were going to school at home. So our bedroom was becoming the room in which we were doing a lot more things other than sleeping, which is something we always want to avoid doing. We really want to protect that sleep space for just sleep. So because of that, we were seeing, um, you know, sleep issues. And then, I mean, the obvious, right. Increase in stress, increase in anxiety and worries and all of those things for all obvious reasons. Um, sleep took a nosedive for sure. 
Mm, isn't that the truth? Those blurred lines from all of the boundaries. Like I was saying to my husband, I'm grateful that he set up a little office before, you know, the world went into chaos because so many of us sit in our bedrooms or at the kitchen table, but you know, a lot in the bedrooms, you've got your computer in there. How do you wind down your day when you've just been sitting in there, your brain pumping all day on your computer or your kids sitting in their rooms doing school? Like it's, trying to figure out how to make that sacred sleep space is tricky. I know for myself specifically, I was having so much trouble falling asleep at night, just trying to turn the brain off at the end of the day. You know, the reason why we want to really protect it for that sleep space is that we want to always strengthen that association between bed and our sleep or a bedroom and sleep. So when we're spending too much awake time in our bedroom, whether it be working or kids doing school, um, you know, tossing and turning and worrying and lying in bed, we're weakening that association. So that makes it harder for us to fall asleep. It makes it harder for us to fall back asleep. It starts building any kind of negative feelings we might be having about our sleep health and our relationship with sleep. So it's hard to set those boundaries, especially when you're forced. Like I understand logistically, like you said, you might have to work in your bedroom. Your kids have to do school in your bedroom. Um, and for a lot of us, I mean, I've worked for home for years. So I thankfully didn't have to go through that adjustment of setting those boundaries. My bound though, I had to help my family set those boundaries, um, and set those boundaries with me, let's be honest. Um, but we had to, uh, but it, it was, took people time to kind of start setting those boundaries and clock out. Right. So even if you have to work in your bedroom, clear the clutter away before you go to bed if you can, or if your kids are doing online school this year, clear their stuff away before they go back to school or go before they go back to bed um, so that they're not staring at like school projects and you're not staring at work, work files and work deadlines right before you go to bed. So your brain's, you know, not swimming. My rule of thumb for years, as I'm sure, you know, and many do know is that, you know, tech is the big no, no. In my opinion, still to this day, tech is probably the biggest sleep buster in our bedroom. The reason why as a society, we are so sleep deprived. Um, but I also understand the importance and the need for those evening hours, especially for parents, right? Once the kids are in bed, um, and not, I shouldn't just say for parents, for anyone really, work's done, dinner's cleaned up, you have those evening hours to just kind of rest. And exactly what you said, just take your brain from being so noisy during the day and just bringing it down before you go to bed. So instead of removing tech completely. Now, if you are an individual who's been struggling with sleep long-term, um, I do recommend removing tech completely from your bedroom. So, you know, find a place outside of the bedroom to dock and organize and charge and everything like that. If you have a pretty good relationship with sleep, but you might just kind of want to do a little bit of maintenance, set boundaries. You know, if there's a show that you love that makes you feel light and airy, like we were saying, watch an episode or two. Don't binge the entire season before you go to bed. This isn't me giving you permission to watch TV till two o'clock in the morning, but like watch an episode just to lighten the load. I'm all for that. You know, we just came out of a year where all we could do is communicate through with friends and families through FaceTime and through text. And if that makes you feel good before you go to bed and calms your brain and your body and mind down, go for it. But stay away from things that heighten anything, right? Like the news right now, there's nothing good coming out of it. Don't watch that right before you go to bed. You know, um, serial killer shows maybe aren't the best thing to watch right before you go to bed. Or those social media accounts that just don't make you feel great. We all know those ones, right? Mm -hmm. So set those boundaries, but bring in the stuff that makes you feel okay. It's okay to do that. Yes. And I feel like I must clarify because like you, I agree for me, the bedroom it's, there is not, I mean, do I have my cell phone in there? Yes. That's one thing I'm working on because <laughs> it does in fact impede sleep. Like this morning, when I was up at four, I made the mistake of putting the phone in my face and I was like, damn it, that's bright. And now I'm awake because I had that blue light hit my brain, you know? Um, but yeah, the television is in a different spot in the house. I feel like there's something that happened over this last 18 months where I'm like, there are specific areas in my house that I do specific things. You know, it's like we, we changed a room to be a workout area so that it's not muddled into my workspace and work is in the workspace. And, you know, it's really trying to set like strict boundaries really for myself because I'm the one that has to be fully functioning to make sure the rest of the gang is fully functioning. Um, and I do love what you said about clearing the clutter. 
I feel like that's pretty intuitive for, I say intuitive, but it's just for me, like my brain needs to see clear spaces. I don't want to, you're right. I don't want to be looking at what I have due tomorrow and I'm gathering my kids want the same. And I love this little, like we like to do this little five minute tidy at the end of the day. It's like, put all the clothes in the hamper. We'll decide if those are dirty later and like, you know, move everything away just so that you can kind of Zen out in your bedroom space and passive time. Like I need to not be thinking before bed. I don't want to be planning. I also find like when I'm laying in bed, if I'm like, I can't, I'm not one of those people that can watch TV in bed. If my bed sheets get hot, I'm like, I'm done for. I'm like, I'm never sleeping. I keep flipping the pillow thinking it's going to cool down. I'm like, I'm one of those people that needs that fan at the bottom of the bed or something like I can't do it. So, you know, creating those healthy habits are so important. Um, I want to talk about back to school in a second, but I find it interesting. Like you work with, you know, kids mostly, I would say, right. Like the younger families trying to figure out, um, sleep routines. I'm curious, like when you dip into the older kids, like you and I have spoken about this, I have not always had the best sleepers. I'm curious when you have an older child that's struggling with sleep, do you follow the same formulas that you use with the younger kids? Well, it depends on the situation. So for the most part, the fundamentals stay the same in terms of, um, you know, if we're talking about kids really in those early elementary years, if we're going elementary school years, if we're going as young as that, um, or, you know, not as not older into, you know, tween and teenhood, that's kind of a different ball game in itself. Um, the fundamentals are the same, meaning consistency patterns, you know, calming bedtime routine, all of those things. I mean, obviously naps don't really play a role at that age and things like that, but keeping consistency in that. And really the first thing that I always tell parents about is starting the conversation about sleep health. You know, a lot of times we're talking about when we look at the three pillars, sleep, nutrition, and exercise, we very early in age with our kids talk about the importance of nutritional health, which as we should, you know, we need to teach them to eat healthy and make good, you know, smart nutritional choices. Um, physical activity is important, obviously for adults, for kids, we're always, you know, encouraging our kids to get outside and get moving and all that. Yet we don't really talk about sleep and why we need to sleep just that they have to go to bed, but why do they have to go to bed? You know, why is sleep important? What, how do we feel when we've had a good night of sleep? How do we feel when we haven't had a great night of sleep? Um, you know, what it does to our, you know, mind, body, and soul, if we're sleeping well, all of those things. So starting those conversations young, um, can really start to help your child understand why they need to go to bed at a certain time or just that they need to get a good night of sleep and really start building that healthy bridge or that bridge between, you know, their relationship, their healthy relationship with sleep. If they're going through, listen, our kids have been through a lot this past year and a half. So it's not to say that stress and anxiety and just that shift in family dynamic has changed, right? We're home more with the kids they are around us more. So they, they tend to need us a little bit more. I mean, again, those are conversations as well, but that just takes time and patience to kind of alleviate them of those anxious thoughts and that anxiety to try to teach them that they are capable of sleeping on their own. I think that that's something so important for parents to understand is, you know, if we're always allowing them to come into bed with us and let me just start off by saying, if you do that with your kids, you have a family bed who, you know, if, if it's working for you, who am I to tell you to change it? If it's not working for you, this is where those conversations need to start happening. And we need to start teaching our kids that by having them sleep in their own bed and, and really kind of setting those boundaries and limits for them to do that. We're showing them that we believe that they are capable of doing it. Um, we are helping them understand that they are capable of doing it. I think that's so important. I think the more we kind of, again, allow them to come into our bed or, you know, fall asleep with them at night, yeah, it helps them. And they're kind of looking for that, but also in a way it's showing them that we don't think they can do it. And we don't want to show that to the kids, right? So again, it's just being really consistent with those limits and those boundaries that you're setting if that's not working for you anymore. This is solid advice. I think I also saw you on a morning show recently, and forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but I think you were talking about like an evening journal, like a bedtime journal mm-hmm. that you flip Shared back and journal. forth. I, I love like, it. Alana, I'm going to do this. Um, and, and it's so right. It's that confidence that they can create their own bedtime routine that mummy doesn't have to be there to back tickle or whatever. Like you got this. And, and 
it, it really is that consistency. It's like, if you just keep doing this for a couple of days, you're going to notice that you can do it on your own and boom, you've got it. Um, and it's been tricky. Like I, I, to speak frankly, like, you know, there's been so much that they've been without. So you feel like, okay, I'll give a little leeway here. And, and, you know, it leads me into this next question. Like as we lead into back to school now, what are some things to help parents that we can think about as we lead, you know, into this kind of back to school season? Well, listen, you're not alone in that. I mean, even my kids routines this summer, wait till they get older and they start actually going to bed later than you. Like that's a shift and it's a weird shift. Like it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Even as a sleep coach. And I remember like I would stay up later and later because I'm like, this is not right. Like I need to be going to bed after them. And then I'm exhausted and I'm just like, no, I'm done. Screw it. Go to bed. I don't care. Go to bed when you want. So yeah, it's weird. It's weird as they get older, but this is the time where we need them to start getting back onto that routine. Right. So about five days or so, you know, I would say that would be the latest you'd want to start doing them. Just slowly start getting back into routine, you know, start having again, start with the conversation, especially with our little kids, right? Our our big kids get it. They get why they have to start going to bed early. They get why they have to start waking up earlier just to get them into that routine. But for our little kids who maybe don't understand, it's still bright out at night, you know, start those conversations on, this is why we're doing it. Starting school, we're going to start getting you back on routine, you know, start opening up the conversation about what the expectations are and the bedtime rules are and all those things, but start getting them to go to bed at their normal time that they would, uh, for school and start getting them up. I mean, that's the most important thing is that morning wake time, right? Even more so than bedtime, because once they start waking up at that time that they're going to wake up to go back to school, now they're spending that whole day building up that strong, strong drive for sleep. So are we, so that it's easier for them to fall asleep at that earlier time that we want them to start hitting. So back to routine. Um, it's tough. It's not easy. Some kids can just kind of pull the bandaid and you can just do it the night of, and they're good to go. But for those sleep sensitive kiddos, those ones that, you know, really thrive off that routine and changes really affect them a lot. Sleep changes. You want to start at least a week before school starts. And out of curiosity, like, is there, you know, do you kind of start with like half an hour earlier? Like if your kids have been going to later, like someone over here, um, you know, you're trying to get them to bed two hours earlier. You try to pop them in bed at eight. It's not going to happen. And when they're so used to going bed to bed later, right? Like what's a good place to start half an hour increments. Yeah. You can start, you know, 15 minutes, half an hour. Um, I mean, you could pull the plug and just say it's bedtime again, build it up. Right. Don't just say, don't just wake up the, you know, that day and say, okay, tonight you guys are going to bed at eight. If they've been going to bed at 10, um, but you know, maybe a couple days before, you know, the, the day of, um, to say, okay, you know, starting on Monday, we're going to start going to bed at a normal bedtime so that they're prepared and they understand and they know that it's coming. Um, you know, maybe those couple of nights beforehand, you can do something fun with them and have a little sleepover or whatever, you know, get the kids sleeping. That's what I normally do. They all have a sleepover in one kid's bedroom and they get it all out of their system. And then that's kind of the signal to like, okay, summer's done. We're back on track. So, um, it depends how you want to kind of pull the plug. I love that idea to kind of celebrate the end yeah. of the season. That's such a fun, that's a fun way to look at it. Right. And it, it and honestly, I know it just comes down to consistency because I feel like there's a point where as a parent, no matter the age of your kids, sometimes you just like, you're just like, I give up, man. I'm tired. I'm tired too. And it's so easy to just maybe close the door and know that they have tech in there. Like parents out there. I mean, we all do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. We know we shouldn't have tech in the bedroom, but you just want to go to bed. And like you said, maybe your kids are going to bed later than you and you don't want to, right. You don't want the battle, but it's, I just, yeah. You know, coming back to having that confidence in themselves that they can go to sleep on their own and how great they're going to feel the next day. I mean, side story. So I recently, um, started having a lot of panic actually show up for me at night. And, um, I'm like, how am I going to get a handle on this? Right. And so I, I started taking a medication, like a daily SSRI to help me like function, uh, because panic at night, you're not going to do so well in the next day. And I was telling my doctor, I'm like, I'm having the most vivid dreams. It's kind of tripping me out. Like I get a little anxious as I lead up to bedtime and she kind of chuckled, but she was like, this is probably the first time you've been having like deep sleep in 
a long time that you're actually remembering your dreams. And I was like, wow. And it's true. Like I feel energized in the day, getting the right amount of sleep, getting a good, healthy sleep. And when your kids can experience that for themselves, wake up, be able to kick butt while they're at school all day, you know, and they are going to be perhaps experiencing new things. Like my kids haven't been to school since March of 2020. You know, it's, there's going to be some adjustments and, and you want them to be like fully ready to basically be able to handle whatever happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that we're seeing that a lot now too, is, is a lot of it is, um, uh, the reentry anxiety. I mean, that's a topic that I'm talking a lot about now and how that's affecting sleep. You know, a lot of us are so excited to, to get back into the normal world, but there's also a lot of us that are, you know, aren't fully ready for it. And, and kids are feeling the same way. Like you said, March, 2020, that's a long time that they've been out of school for some kids and it's going to be an adjustment. So, um, sleep is always sleep is the best medicine. I say for everything, though, it's hard to come by when you're feeling that stress and anxiety for sure. Um, but it's definitely one of those pillars that we have to give the same value to that. We do the other pillars and, and continue to work towards it for sure. So, I'm curious now as a sleep expert, what are some rituals that you, you know, you try to aim for on a regular basis? I know we spoke about a little bit at the top, but what's something that you do that we can kind of look to as things we want to adopt into our own lives? Yeah, I, well, so I'm a, I'm a walker. Um, that's something that I've actually been doing and this really, I mean, you might think that has nothing to do with sleep, but it does have a big thing to do with sleep. It's been something that I've done since I was a teen. I, every, every single day, just weather permitting and work permitting, I get outside for a morning walk of at least 45 minutes to an hour. That's my meditation. You know, you hear the word meditation and mindful thinking, mindful breathing, all super, um, valuable activities to incorporate into your bedtime routine and into your day to day, but not everybody maybe wants to learn how to meditate or the thought of learning how to meditate can seem really overwhelming. I know for me, like I got to learn how to meditate and I got to teach my kids how to meditate. Like I don't have time for that. Mind you, there's some amazing apps and this is where tech can actually help you sleep better. There's some amazing meditation apps and mindful breathing apps that you can incorporate. But my meditation is a walk. Uh, it's something that I love to do. It's something that I get squirrely if I don't get a chance to do it. Um, you know, I, I need, you know, my brain gets noisy and the voices get loud, <laughs> I'll put it that way. And if I feel like I've got a spiral coming on, um, as they tend to sometimes, um, that's when I need to listen to other voices. So I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to an audiobook. normally a podcast. I don't really do well with audiobooks. normally a podcast. Um, if I'm in a good place and I just want to walk and I'm like feeling good, that for me is music. Music is like my everything. So I put on my favorite playlist and I just walk. So that is something that's really important. And in doing so I'm getting out in the natural, you know, sunlight, I'm getting out in the fresh air I'm building my drive. Like, you know, it, your meditation might be a walk. It could be cooking a delicious meal. It could be cleaning your house. Like it doesn't have to be the actual act of meditation, just whatever you can do to kind of get you away from things that are maybe making you a little, you know, squirrely in the head, um, walk it off. That's what I like to do. So, um, that's my thing. And bedtime routine is big for me. Um, I make sure that, you know, the minute my bedroom door is shut, it's like, that's me time. My kids know not to knock on it. They know like once that bedroom door is shut, that's mom's time. Cause I don't get a lot of time with that in my house. I have three kids who really like to hang out with me and I really like to hang out with them. I have a husband I got to pay attention to every now and then. Um, so I don't get a lot of alone time and you know this about me. I know you know this about me. Well, like I, I need my alone time. That is how I re-energize. I'm not an extrovert. Um, I know that I'm like, you know, out and out and about and doing things, but um, I could sit in a room for hours by myself and be quite content. So that is my bedtime routine. I love that. Knowing what is going to work for you is everything. So I have so appreciated this conversation, Alana. This is amazing. I'm going to leave some links below for people that might want to reach out to you, follow you on social, because I love the tips, especially around these times of year, like when there's those big changes. I know in the past you've shared scheduling and times that kids should get up. And I'm always like, save post, save post, come back and reference. So definitely give Alana a follow, but thank you so much for being with, with me today and chatting. Thanks for having me. Welcome back, Dean. Welcome. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm, I am never ready for these. Is this a podcast? Yeah. 
Okay, I'm in the right place. Good. Oy. What's happening? Oy. Not much. You know, it's a lovely, stinking hot day. I love it, though. I know. It's quite nice. You know what? I would take hot days every day of the year. I love them. You do? Yeah. I like it a little bit cooler, but I'll survive. It's yeah, lovely. You're kind of like a fall snow person. I am. Like, you actually go outside and I do. shovel snow. And I do. me and Jack wrote at uh, the big box store, and they had an electric uh, ride on lawnmower. Cool. Yeah. It costs more than my <laughs> crappy car. Well, if we sold one of your kidneys or something, it'd be fine. Mm, good point. Good point. <laughs> okay, listen. Let's get, let's get down to let's business. Get at it. What are we talking about today? We're talking about weird sleep things. Oh, my God. And I'm actually going to start because usually you start. But you know what? I have a really strange thing that happened to me. And I feel like I was very validated recently. The reason why I find this really interesting, okay. number one, is that... When you bring it up in normal conversations, these kind of weird things that you have, I pretty well just phase right out. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Dean doesn't really listen to me. It's fine. You know what? We've hung out every day for like I'm 18 sorry. months. I, I We're said fine. That. that wasn't really the truth, but it kind of was. It was the truth. So what it's happened? It's painful. Okay. I'm going to take you back into the days when I used to be a flight attendant. So we're okay. going back quite yeah, some time. Quite a few years. Like yeah. 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the memory is a bit foggy, but the experience remains intact. Yep. Long story short, did a flight, blah, blah, blah. We're in some hotel. I think we were somewhere in Alberta. It just, anyway, doesn't matter. This particular hotel was having some renovations done on the floor that we were on. And you know when you've done a red eye? And I'm not, I wasn't an experienced red eye flyer, which means for those listening, these are the night flights. Right. So you're, you know, you're doing the 12 p.m. You arrive wherever you are. It's like 5 a.m. or whatever. And it's painfully early and you're so tired. Right. So you take the crew bus and you're with your crew and you get to the hotel, everybody checks in, you feel like it couldn't take any longer so that by the time you get to your hotel room, you just have enough brain space to like take off your shoes and clothes and crawl right into those crisp sheets, right? Which right. is actually pretty delicious when you're that tired. Anyway. And and just kind of like to stop you if I can, I think people don't maybe get the idea that, or maybe get the idea that airline crews are so coordinated and you know all this kind of stuff overseas it was but back here in north america you get you know coats of many colors because there's people that are like okay finish your finish your duties we'll meet up in the jetway bam we walk to the bus there's some that break off they go to duty free there's some that break off to do get whatever. Tim Hortons. there's some yeah. that have family in that city never told you and actually never show up at the bus and you end up leaving them (laughs) and actually spend you know half an hour of your time calling crew scheduling to call them to find out did we leave these people behind exactly i digress go ahead so we didn't have that problem we all got to the that part wasn't neither here nor there so we get to the hotel and we'd been advised yes on this floor they're doing some renovations and somehow i just knew that the room i was in was like okay but it was very close to where some of the renovations were happening so all good there was a woman across the hall that i was flying with and some other people but i didn't know the other the crew as much anyway so all right i'll meet you in a few hours you know this i'm saying this to the other flight attendant we'll meet up in a few hours we'll grab some food okay cool so get into my room nothing you know same same you unpack you get your jammies brush your teeth bye bye so i'm sleeping doing what people who you know sleep 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 and this is of course 17 years ago so we're not talking smartphones you're not like right like quickly texting people right. it's just very different yeah. like you literally use the hotel room phone to call the person in the other room because <laughs> right. i didn't have their you number never got a hold of them because no. who answers they, that you, yeah who like who's calling me man it's and, and like you didn't ha- and you were saying like you have to call cruise sked yeah. to find the other person because you didn't have everybody's phone numbers like we do now it was just right. very different so anyway something happens where i wake up maybe i just had like a good sleep cycle or something but i knew i was awake but I couldn't open my eyes. So I was trying so hard to just open my eyes and it wouldn't open. And I was like, what is happening here? I'm trying, I'm trying, nothing's happening. And then this is where it gets weird. So if you believe in it, if you don't believe in it, whatever, this is just my experience. So all of a sudden it felt like a dark energy entered my room do you remember what city you were in by chance? I feel like it, as I'm saying this, it might have been Newfoundland. I don't know. And I'll tell you why Newfoundland is is a no, big deal. I, okay. You know, probably know the story, know but the just story. hold on. Hold on. I don't know the story, but I know the hotel. Yeah. So. 
Let's I'm not... in the bed. Yeah. And I feel this energy enter the room. And it's like... What do you mean an energy? Like I could see out my eyes. They were like slit. So I'm on my back and I can see just barely through my eyes like a smoky figure come in the room. A little bit transparent, but like a shadow, a shadowy something or other. And it's, I can hear little whispers and it goes from one side of the bed around to the other side of the bed. And I feel a pressure on my chest and I'm starting to trip balls if I'm gonna be honest. And I'm like, I'm scared. I need to get the hell out of this room. And then it felt like it was pretty quick. Whatever was happening, it, it passed. And all of a sudden I was like released I jump out of bed. I pick up the phone, which is at the end of the bed, to call the girl in the other room. And the phone is dead. And I'm like, not today, sir. So I just run out into the hallway. You know, you flip over the lock on the door. Boom, boom, boom. The, do- the door hits oh, the I thing. Know. Yeah. You're that person that keeps me awake. And I'm like, bang, 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 bang on the girl across the hallway. She opens the door and I'm in like a panic. I have no idea how long I had been sleeping or what had been happening. Now, this happened. This is like pre-posting your whole entire life on the internet. I didn't really tell many people about it. I was even hesitant to tell the poor person I was with because I'm like, this sounds real weird. Wow, it does sound kind of weird. It's really weird, right? And yeah. I was like, I don't know if you, through this construction of this hotel, like release some uh, spirits that I didn't really want to party with, but like I want out of this room. So I did get my room changed because the phone was dead. Right. And I was like, what the F? So I changed my room. Now we're this many years later. um, I'm listening to a podcast the other day talking about sleep paralysis, which is what people often refer to this like scientifically. They're like, your brain is woken up, but your body is still asleep. Mm -hmm. And this is what causes this phenomenon. But the strangest thing, and this was, I'm referencing the podcast Supernatural by Ashley Flowers, and she goes into this. So if you're curious, you got to check it out. But there basically are all of the people who have experienced sleep paralysis have essentially experienced the exact same thing. And in Newfoundland, it actually has a term and she's called the hag. And she comes into your room and sits on your chest. Some people have had it where they've been choked. Mm -hmm. So it gets really creepy. Um, I don't have all the specifics, but like it's a thing. So I felt basically the long story short is I felt very validated listening to the Supernatural podcast episode because I've always felt... That it was a little bit more than just like, hey, your brain is waking up and your body's not. So that was the time. Wow. Well, I know that hotel, I think was talking about the same hotel. And I've heard a lot of stories about that place. But you know what? I think, I mean, I was listening at one time. The stars were talking about their experiences because I think movie stars and people in, in, uh, in the entertainment industry travel like probably more than pilots and flight attendants well no maybe not more but you experience all these places i mean i had one like if you're just talking about supernatural things right i've had a few of those where just kind of like oh geez that feels weird um my worst one ever where you know there's things where you're you're tired and you go there's somebody standing in my room or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever yeah (laughs) or whatever And I've had that actually in Edmonton. I had that, and and it's a, a room right by the elevator in this hotel. And several people have sa- said to me that they've changed rooms because in the middle of the night they just feel this heavy presence. There's two things that I I had that stand out in my mind. One was, uh, kind of like a little bit on the not weird side, but shocking nevertheless. And I had just I I was in Korea. And I had flown to, mm, I don't know, Tel Aviv or or uh, or Frankfurt, I think it was. I can't remember. And so now I went from Frankfurt to Seoul. I slept. And now I'm going from Seoul to New York City, to JFK. And on that flight, for some reason, you know, because it's always the same. You blast off out of Korea. You fly right by Mount Fuji. Bugga, 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 you know, you get a little bit of bounce, you get into the jet stream and you haul, you know, you, 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 you get a push over the ocean and then you switch crews and you go to sleep while the other crew flies and um, it was rough as hell. So uh, bouncing around, you know, you got your seatbelt tied around your ass and you're sleeping in that, that uh, bunk in the, uh, just behind the cockpit and uh Finally, I just said, you know what, enough of this. I just got up and I 
when upstairs, I was upstairs, of course, in 747, you're upstairs, and I watched a movie in business class. So I didn't sleep. So we get into New York in the morning, like I would say 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning, and you're at JFK, and you have to go uh, JFK, which is in um, in uh, Flushing, in, in, Brook, uh, in uh, Queens, uh, on Jamaica Bay there, and you have to drive all the way into Manhattan and we stayed in Times Square at the Sheraton, the Sheraton that's close to Carnegie Hall on the Carnegie Hall side because there's, I think, one across the street too. Anyway, in the Sheraton, they don't have blinds. They have like these wooden slats. You know, I guess they're blinds, but they're wooden slat blinds. So it can never be 100% dark. So I was exhausted and I think I was quite new to the company and, you know, you're you're trying to kind of do your best work and all this kind of stuff. So I, you know, took my quick shower and uh, got into bed and, and went to sleep. And like you were saying earlier, this is the day before. I think I still had the Motorola flip phone. Exactly. And and there was, I didn't have, you know, I had a, a regular old watch. I, I don't even know what, what kind of watch I had. And I went to sleep. I woke up and I looked out and it was six o'clock on my watch it was six o'clock on the on the uh on the clock in the hotel room and i could not for the life of me figure out if it was six that same day like the night or it was six the next morning and i'm thinking like i didn't want to call and ask anyone so i'm thinking you know how can i do this and finally i just gave up and i called downstairs and i said um what time is uh, breakfast and and he goes well we don't have breakfast all day unfortunately uh, but dinner uh, is on right now and I'm like thank okay okay thanks and I hung up the phone and that was just so freaky so um, after that flight I did another one to Los Angeles and the the guy I was flying with the Korean guy I was flying with he knew we were at the Wilkshire and Figueroa at the old um uh, Wilkshire Grand, I think it is, and Koreatown is very close. So we went down there, and I got myself a multi-time zone crazy watch, which is somewhere in this house, but I think it's gone. <laughs> but the that was very like it, it actually is a little bit. Um, it's very unsettling. It's very unsettling. Yeah. And and you know, uh, uh, I I always learned from that. It's just like once you get to a certain point in sleep debt, like mm. you are in big trouble. You're in big trouble because you can hallucinate and all that stuff. And kind of to what you were experiencing in the Newfoundland Hotel, I had a similar experience in Taipei where I came back from, I think I was in line training at the time. And, you know, um, let's just say the people over there uh, 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 have a different training system. And it's quite a bit more strict, I find. Right. And so, you know, you're always on your best behavior and you're, you know, they're asking for stuff and you're pulling it out of your brain or out of a book or something like that. But anyway, I got back to the hotel in Taipei and I didn't even bother with a shower. I got completely naked and uh, uh, I didn't pull out any sleepwear or anything. I was just too tired. Mm -hmm. And I got into bed and the drapes were opened and they had like that light drape and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I have this little t- sleep trick when I'm tired. It works for me. Is that I kind of relax my jaw and I tilt my head all the way back. <laughs> and I don't know why that works for me, but I fall asleep like instantly. So I, I kind of get in there, tilt my head all the way back. Next thing I know, I hear this, Dean. And I <laughs> I stood straight up and, and I, I got out of bed and I was like, hello, hello. And I checked the whole thing like that. And you know, the whole thing was, is that. I don't know if it was something like, you know, you imagine, oh, it sounded like a Chinese accent, but it was, it could have been me saying that. Right. It probably was. But I tell you that sleep is, Mm -hmm. is, is, is very, very important. And, you know, I've gone to that, got into those uh, rhythms where um, I'm up for 72 hours. Oh yeah. So you, you, you get two second wins and, and you know, the light messes with you. But also like, you start making some bad decisions. So 
Well, I'll you might as well be drunk. You may, it, it is almost comparable. Yeah. Comparable, like you know, I know that a lot of parents listening are gearing up for back to school, and you know, Alana and I at the top of the episode were talking about how do we get our kids back on schedule for sleep and all of this, and just one story's popping into my mind. So my grandpa was a university professor, and he, um, you know, saw students in university days, and and you know, I think it's a time where people are learning their boundaries, like how much do you study, how much do you sleep, how much do you work, like you're learning how to balance balance your life out right? right and he will never forget this one time because you know I was struggling trying to study and do all the things and do I study or do I sleep you know that's a big question that right. students often ask themselves and um, I remember this one story he said they'd had an exam and the students all wrote their exam and then the next day uh, he approached one it was either him or someone else but anyway they approached the student and to be fair this could be a story from something else but anyway neither here nor there, approached the student and said, you know, how did you think you did on your exam? And they were very confident and said, you know, I, I studied all night. And was, Oh, yeah. Right? I, I oh, I told you about this. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you studied all night. And he says, okay, because, you know, he, they looked at the exam sheet and this person had just wrote their name over and over and over, um, not realizing that that wasn't the answer to the question. But you're so yeah, tired, sure. your brain starts to trick you. So, And, and you know, it's very important, like, there, there is a big push on in aviation, and actually, Canada is the last ICAO country to adopt the new rest rules, which actually aren't even as good as other countries. But you know, you can work a fourteen-hour day, work a fourteen-hour day that actually is only uh, one. Uh, what is it? Is it fifty? Or I don't know. I think it's an hour prior to the flight. But most cases, you're up several hours before you get to the airplane. And then you can work 14 hours and then you can go, well, this is up for debate. They have this thing unforeseen that you can work up to 17 hours. If, if, I mean, the thing about it is that, and there's a lot of debate over it. Like people really don't care, right? People just want to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not saying they don't care. It's just like, maybe they're unaware. And even if they, I think that's the big one is the unaware. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty, you know disturbing sometimes but what i'm going to say is that you know that's one thing but but think of all the people that work shift work Mm -hmm. that that uh uh, had a bad night that are you know nursing children uh uh, through the night and you know i used to when we were in malaysia like you know i'd have to get up at like 3 30 in the morning or 4 30 in the morning and you're exhausted and Mm -hmm. i take the baby and bounce the baby around okay baby go to sleep yeah and then go to work and fly around and the whole thing is is that like you know you're not supposed to fly unless you're fit feel you're fit to fly but in a lot of cases you know you you would never go flying because you're just like always a little Mm -hmm. bit on the tired side and people have to drive cars and basically what i'm saying is that the world people need sleep yeah and i don't think we're taking it or people take it as serious you know as it as it is uh, lack of sleep has all kinds of uh, uh, negative uh, effects on your health. Totally. Well, and, that's one of the yeah. reasons why in Malaysia we actually hired a, a person to drive you to and from the airport because you were so tired just from the work and then add in the parenting responsibilities at home. Yeah. Like we didn't want to risk it because I mean back to my flying days I fell asleep at the wheel after a red eye and got into a little car accident because I was coming off the Don Valley in uh not the Don Valley the other one anyway coming off the highway and smashed into another car because I literally fell asleep and your body tricks you it was like I had the air going the music playing it's like just close your eyes and I did everything's everything's cool baby and you're like okay and then boom smacked into another car right I was so scared because you don't have the wherewithal to make the decisions when you're tired you just can't do it you can't do it or you think you're making just like you're talking about this exam that's written in Mm -hmm. anyway you get the gist right sleep so important and something i'm looking into which we'll have to explore in another episode is this whole concept of this like power nap or this nap it's like a 26 minute nap they say is the perfect amount of time in the middle of the day to recharge and they call it like the coffee nap or something so you make your coffee you drink it and you lay down and it takes your body about like 20 minutes or so for caffeine to kick in so by the time the caffeine starts to kick in you've had a little snooze a little lay down and we're allowed controlled rest on the flight deck Mm. at various companies what's that i've never heard of that well what that is is that you know, you give the person a little bit of a briefing, what time you want to wake up and all this type of thing. And uh, you get like 25 minutes. I think you're allowed 25 minutes and you just you just doze off. 
take a little cat nap and whatnot. I never can do that because I don't, I, I don't know. I just can't, I can't do that. I, I just, I don't, I it's feel like, like not enough time. Is that what you find? No, you don't want to go over a certain time because then you kind of get groggy. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, sleep. Um, yeah. I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in naps for sure. You, yeah. and you are getting to be a big believer I in naps. I am. As I get older, I start to realize the yeah, power of yeah, them. Yeah, Dean's right, been yeah. saying to me to me for years, listen, lady, as you get older, you're going to experience things. And it's true. Like when I was 23, I didn't understand Hallelujah, why people needed everybody. to nap. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's wrap it. I love I love talking about sleep. It's like the most delicious thing. I think my favorite thing is crawling into bed at night. And actually, I've made a point in the last like six months for sure to stop working super late into the night. I don't do these like 11, 12, you 1 a.m. And you're more productive. I am. Like I'm talking about not a person. I'm talking about you. Seriously. Yeah. I'm not as tired. And you're in a better mood. 100%. <laughs> no, but I am. I, I, I can make more, be, um, yeah. you know, decisions more effectively. Yeah. So anyway, sleep is good. Thanks, Dean. Let's go have a nap. Okay, sounds good. See ya. Welcome to this week's Favorite Things by yours truly, Amanda Muse. All right, let's talk about three things I'm loving this week. So... I've been talking a little bit the last few episodes about how Dean has been updating our space because he's really, he's like the elbow grease, right? Like we have both have a vision, but the execution is certainly not me. I'm helpful. I offer some advice, but he likes to do it himself. And after 17 years with a human being, why fight about it? Like let him do it. If he wants to do it, by all means, you go for it. So I'm definitely, you know, learning to be more patient as to when things get done. But in some of our spaces, we're in the final stages. So our living room, um, you know, the painting's been done, everything's done. I mean, it's been done for a while. But we had some things we had to put up on the wall, like, you know, some decor. And the same in our bedroom, the painting's done. Um, There's just bits and bobs here that Dean has to finish up. But overall, we're at the decor phase. And my new favorite thing is going to HomeSense. Guys, I'm like super late on this train. Um, spending money on decor is not my strength. Like I could find so many other things to spend money on. However, you know, I think something that's come out of this pandemic is literally how much time we spend in our homes. And there's just something that feels really nice about walking into a space, it feeling like it has your stamp on it and, you know, surrounding yourself with some little things that you enjoy. So um, over the last 10 days or so, I think I've been to HomeSense about three times. I've picked up a few fun things for Esme's room. We got these really cute decals that she can easily take on and off the wall for some decor on her wall. Um, She picked up herself a little planner. I got a mirror for my space and we got some really nice mirrors for the living room. I'm just obsessed with them. Um, It's kind of like this mirror mural. Hopefully by the time you hear this, I'll have posted something about it online, but if not, it'll be in the weekly vlog for sure. But yeah, it's just you know it's not super expensive home sense has like everything is discounted um it's fun to pick up little items for your house oh my gosh i picked up a little butter dish because we use real butter in our house and butter doesn't have to stay in the fridge because we use it so much like we go through sticks of butter pretty frequently use it for cooking on toast all those things and um anyway canadian butter like sticks of butter if you buy the bigger one it's like a brick. It's big. So we've had trouble where I purchased something online off of Amazon or Dean did, and it was the wrong size. It's like for a smaller stick of butter. Anyway, so I got the cutest little butter dish. It's got these little painted flowers on it. I absolutely love it. And it was like $9. You know, sometimes you can get such a good deal at places like HomeSense that it's, it's actually not that cost effective to thrift it. Because honestly, if I'd found that cute butter dish at Value Village, for example, maybe it would have been five, six bucks. But like $9 for a brand new item. Anyway, I love it. It's my new favorite thing. In fact, I might even be going there this evening. So I'm kind of loving home sense. The second thing I love is a cooking product. My new favorite thing is food that is cooked using a sous vide. Have you heard of a sous vide? So Basically what it is, is it's a French term, which pretty much means under vacuum. And it refers to the process of vacuum sealing some food in a bag, which 
doesn't sound very appetizing, but it is. So you put them like in a, in a big Ziploc or something, and then you cook it in a very precise temperature in water. So this sous vide, it looks like, it looks like a brawn, you know, those hand mixers, like you'd find those little hand blenders. It looks like that. And what it does is it hooks to the side of a pot, pretty big pot you would get. You fill this pot with water, you put the sous vide on the side, you determine the temperature, and then you also put your food in a bag and you clip it to the side of this pot sounds very complicated but it's not it's quite simple and then this food cooks for long like a long time so in the last two weeks we've had steaks that Dean sous vide for let's say two hours and then he pan fries them to finish it off and makes like a beautiful little gravy to go with it oh my gosh it was it was so good we had this just last night that we're going to be having some guests at the end of this week and we're going to be recreating that dinner I say we Dean will be recreating that dinner. It was so good. The kids inhaled it. There's just something about the texture of the meat. It's beautiful. Um, and like, P.S., the steaks that we bought were not really expensive. Um, they were kind of cheapy steaks and they were just gorgeous. And the other thing that he did was something like, uh, something wild, like a 72-hour sous vide roast or something. So he put this roast with the seasoning, whatever he had in his you know bag put it on the counter in this giant pot with the sous vide for something ridiculous like 48 hours or i don't know what it was amazing so is this something that i would be super inclined to prepare mm, not so much but dean loves this stuff and if you have someone in your life that is you know really into food and preparing food and trying new things it's one of these little specialty items that's kind of fun to play around with so i've really been enjoying it and it's been a hit kids are like pounding back the food and, and that's a big win in my books and the last thing on my list for this week for favorites listen it's been a cult favorite for a while but she's back I am back to being addicted to Animal Crossing I had got myself a Nintendo Switch at Christmas time pretty much on Boxing Day and uh yeah, I got one for my kids and then I realized oh wait this is super fun so then I got myself a Switch and I got Esme a switch light and we all play we should probably get Dean one because we just love it but it's so fun like they come visit me on my island we play I help them build up their island we really bond over playing Animal Crossing um, it's not something so much that Jack would play on his own he likes Animal Crossing because Esme plays and because I play and there's ways that we can visit each other and we've had funny things happen where characters on my island have moved and moved to their islands and it's just it's really fun um, I know you've heard me say this before but you know not all tech time is the same some is very passive um like personally i'd rather have my kids play video games and watch tv what are you doing when you're watching tv nothing but when you're playing video games, you're engaging, you're creating. Um, not everything is shooting and killing. You know, there's so many different games. But for me, I love Animal Crossing because it zens me out. It's super chill. I love the animation itself. And I just, it's for me a little bit of self-care. I have a lot of fun with it. And we've been playing it in the evenings. Like we'll watch a little TV in the evening just to kind of wind down. And then we all jump in my bed, play Animal Crossing for a bit before we start the nighttime routine. So it's been a big hit. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed, you know, the little chat about sleep, have some tips to help you feel prepared to conquer, uh, you know, for back to school. And of course, I would love to know if you've had any weird sleep things like sleep paralysis, message me on Instagram at Amanda Muse. I'd love to hear about it. And be sure to tune in next week. So I know Dean and I gave you a little bit of a, a taste of some of our flying stories, but we have so many more and Dean especially. And next week, we're going to have an episode that is dedicated to aviation, weird stories, answering your questions actually, because there's been so many questions that I received on Instagram. If you'd like to sneak in a question, just send me a message on Instagram and I'll try my best to include it. But you know, we're just going to kind of go back in the memory books for me anyway, and talk about some of our fun memories of uh, that industry, because Dean is a pilot and I was a flight attendant for a short amount of time. And I think it's going to be a good one. So be sure to subscribe, 
follow wherever you listen to podcasts. And I mean, it doesn't take much, but if you could tell a friend about Friendo and have them listen, it would just be so meaningful and powerful actually, because that type of recommendation goes a long way. So thank you for being here and I'll catch you in next week's episode. Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember... Be your own bird.